Bruce Newberry. The food dude. Are you hungry? Bruce, you're making us hungry. I am dining out. You're dining out with Bruce Newberry. You're a food dude. I'm very happy to be here dining out with Bruce Newberry here in Rhode Island. That should be your name, the food dude. Hello again. Welcome to the Tastiest Talk Show on the radio. We're here at the Rhode Island Tabletop Show. It is the second food show that I've been to this week. This one's from Hope and Maine. And, of course, we know all about Hope and Maine and their track record, but we're at Farm Fresh RI, the food hub in Providence. We're here in the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro where Rhode Island food is on display. I mean, we're talking... We're talking everything from empanadas to chai, uh, and uh, and I don't mean the kind that uh, you mix with uh, with tea or any of that stuff. And it's Hope and Maine's tabletop show, connecting local and regional restaurant owners and chefs and grocers with some food producers and such a variety of food that is produced in this state. It is amazing. One sign right across from us really, really points it up. Artisanally made in Little Rhodey. And there are dozens of food makers who are showing their wares here today on a beautiful spring day. So Maureen from Sacred Cow. Hi, How Bruce. are you? Great, Bruce. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, so good to be in your booth here at the Farm Fresh Hope and Maine Buyer's Marketplace, the tabletop show. And it's great to see Sacred Cow out here. Thank you. We love Hope and Maine. We love being here. It's a great chance to meet some new buyers and just spread the word. Spread the word and give everybody a taste of the amazing Sacred Cow granola. Yeah. That I just found out is on the breakfast menu at the Ocean House. Yes, yes. And a lot of the hotels on the that coast of Rhode Island, yeah. Fantastic, so you get a real taste of uh, a Rhode Island made product, a Rhode Island made uh, treat with breakfast, and it can be breakfast, absolutely. Uh, so they're getting the holy granola experience, that's fantastic. So you, you order it as a dish, or can you buy it to take home, or both? They are offering it as a breakfast option. So they give you a nice big bag of granola with some yogurt or whatever kind of milk you like. And then, of course, you'll have plenty left to take home. Yes. And then you can order more. Oh, man, how <laughs> great is that? That's brilliant. That's awesome. That yeah. is brilliant. Yeah. And in all of the uh, different different venues that they have, they have the little, little kind of cottages, and they have the ocean-facing rooms, and it's just uh, such a wonderful place. And Sacred Cow is perfect. Perfect at the Ocean House, Maureen. Right. Fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. So what are folks telling you who are coming by today? Well, people who have tried it just really love the difference in our granola versus, say, a standard granola. And there's so many, as you know, so many granolas out there. We have a special process of caramelizing and secret spices and a little kick with the ginger. Um, and people who haven't tried it just, I think we're making converts out of them. For sure. Well, it's that secret spice blend and it's that unique taste and... Of course, it is just the uh, perfect way to start the day, or there are so many other ways to enjoy it as well. Speaking of which, we've got a nice spring day going on here, and that makes everybody think of summer, and that makes everybody think of ice cream, soft serve, creamies. Yes, maple creamies. Yes. <laughs> when can we look forward to those at the scoop shop? We're uh, 
we're um, unwinterizing the soft serve machine on April 15th. So after that, yeah, if everything goes well on April 16th, we'll be offering our soft serve again for the season. Fantastic. Right? Now, we want to make everybody know and let everybody know that there is no shortage of the, the, of the mix. mix, the material, right. yes. The soft serve mix is uh, ready to go. It is locally made. Right. It's all natural, which is hard to find, believe yes. it or not. Yeah. So there will be plenty of uh, soft serve maple creamies and all of those other delightful things at the Sacred Cow Monroe Dairy Scoop Shop and Market. Right. Maybe put a little granola on top of that maple creamy. <laughs> That's the stuff. Yes. Yeah. So we uh, invite you to stop by the uh, scoop shop at Monroe Dairy in East Providence, or you can visit sacredcowgranola.com and uh, look for Sacred Cow at a lot of great stores and a lot of great destinations, as it turns out, when you travel this summer. Fantastic. That's, that's right. All right, Maureen, great to be here. Well, let's meet the neighbors here. Uh, what has uh, kind of attracted your attention here at the oh. Hope and Main Show? Well, what hasn't, Bruce, but... Um, I just tried the flavorified, bold, original, gluten-free pizza crust, which is a little bit of a mouthful, but it's a great mouthful. It's flavorful. It's a gluten-free pizza crust, which I wouldn't even limit it to pizza. We were just talking about it, and you could put anything on this. You bake it, or you could cook it in a pan, but it's a, it's a crust, and it's made with a chickpea and a, a spice blend mix, so it's very unique. It's not like your standard gluten-free flour pizza crust that might be a little, you know, bland. This has flavor and texture. It's really yummy. I, I highly recommend you try it. Let's go have a taste. Okay. Talking with our dear friend Sanjeev Dar. How are you? I'm great, Bruce. So nice to see you today. Good to see you again. I, I'm not going to say my old friend. You've just been a friend of mine for a long time. I know. We go back many, many we years. Go back many years. And you're here with something new. Yes, absolutely. So we have a gluten-free pizza crust that we are manufacturing here in Rhode Island. And this is a great product. If you want to bake something healthy for your friends and family, then this is a great product. All you do is, is put a topping of your choice, a cheese of your choice, bake it for 10 minutes, and it's ready to eat. It's such a healthy item. It's called Flavorfied, and right. that really sums it all up. It is gluten-free, it is allergen-free, it is vegan. But, you know, there's a lot of products out there that can say that, Sanjeev. Yours, as I said when I tasted it, it, it plays a part. It brings something to the, the experience. It adds some flavor to it. Yes. What we've done is, is uh, when we made the batter, we flavorified it. And we put spices and herbs, but all healthy stuff for you. This is a great product for you in case you enjoy flavors. Yes. But it's... It's so versatile, you can make an individual size pizza. Yes. And uh, you, it's, it's cooked, so you're just going to add your toppings. And today, we have something totally unique, Sanjeev, of course, with his great track record in all of his wonderful restaurants. We have uh, some cheese, we have some chicken tikka with the amazing tikka masala, the spice blend, and some marinara. Pop it in the oven. And actually, you're doing it on a uh, on an induction uh, burner uh, in a pan in yes, a skillet. Exactly. But you could just do it in your oven. You can do it in the oven, uh, uh, 375 degree preheated oven comes out great, nice and crispy in about seven to ten minutes. Yes. 
it's crispy, but yet it's tender. It has a, a, a very, very uh, good uh, taste. It has a flavor. Uh, forget about all of these other pizza crusts that uh, say, well, we're not this and we're not this. Uh, flavor Fight actually has uh, some some flavor. I can see this with a with a uh, mushroom or a pepper pizza. Yes. I can see it in a in a shrimp pizza. Yes, absolutely. I think if you uh, like a certain kind of cheese and veggies or chicken, you can put any product that you want on top of it. Holds very well. And I think the product is a cross between uh, a nice pizza and a flatbread. Yes. It gives you that complexity and flavor. So when you bite into it, it tastes like something delicious. It really does. It, and you'll find that it's flavor fight. Now, where can we find these? So in about four to six weeks, we, you'll be able to find it at some of the retail stores. And also, the product will be frozen. And uh, we have a lot of interest from lots of vendors. Excellent. And we are launching it today. And I'm glad you stopped by because who better person to launch than Bruce Newman? Oh, thank you. Well, who better to talk to than uh, someone who knows about food, taught me all about Indian food, and uh, we've been uh, great friends for a long time. Yes, absolutely. So good to see you. Best of luck with the Flavor Thank you. Five. Thank you, Bruce. Thank yeah. you, Sanjeev. Thank you. Food Dude, Bruce Newberry. Well, we're broadcasting today from the Hope and Main Farm Fresh RI Food Hub Buyer's Marketplace Tabletop Show. It's a lot of info. But when we, when we were here the last time, where we had Nikki Haley on from Farm Fresh RI, we talked about the Harvest Kitchen. And this is uh, the story of Good Works and how all of this wonderful produce and all these ingredients that come in here to Farm Fresh get turned into wonderful things and teaches a lot of people some great skill. And uh, the program director is Sean Contos, and we're at Sean's table. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks very much for uh, spending some time with me. And yeah. Ainsley is here too. Hi, Ainsley. Hi. How are you? Good. Good. So Ainsley well, runs all of our farmers markets for us. She's the farmers market person. She does a great job. She informs a lot of people what we do, and we highly, you know, just love having her on the team. So. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. Well, you must be really ready for spring. Yes, definitely. We're gearing up, just getting ready for all the farmer's markets for the summer. Well, uh, Ainsley and Sean, tell me about what Harvest Kitchen does. I described it and gave the kind of napkin elevator tweet presentation. Tell me about what you all do. Yeah, so um, we are Harvest Kitchen. We are a part of Farm Fresh, so we're a nonprofit program. Um, we're primarily a training program for youth that are involved with DCYF, so we work with teens. Um, we give them job skills and regular life skills. They help us make all of our produce in our kitchen. We use um, all locally sourced produce and we try to use mostly B-grade produce. Um, and we make shelf-stable products like pickles and applesauce um, and then we sell it back to the community. I'm looking at some beautiful things here on the table. Cranberry applesauce and spicy dill pickles and dilly beans and um, mustard seed pickles. This is all just lovely stuff and it is just beautifully canned, put up in jars. Uh, where where do you do this? Where's your facility? So yeah, we are in downtown Pawtucket, Rhode Island, right on the corner of Dexter, Main and Bailey Street. Um, how big a, uh, an operation is it? How, how large is the space? 
Uh, it is a small space. It's probably the kitchen's somewhere around a thousand square oh, okay. feet. Sure. Just to give us an less. idea, and how many people do you have working on the line at any one time? So we have two programs per day. We have a morning group and an afternoon group, and we have in the morning right now we have four youth, and in the afternoon we have eight. So they're the ones that predominantly do all of the peeling and cutting and stewing of the applesauce, and they help us jar it and all that and label it. So everything is by hand. No preservatives added. Everything is as natural as it can be. It's, it's beautiful. I mean, it just looks like you would expect. And if I walked by this at a farmer's market, Ainsley, I would say, where's the farmer? And I would ask if you're the farmer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not the farmer, but we do use all their produce. Oh, so good. And even the produce has a story. Yeah. I mean, every, I mean, we try to source as much things B-grade as possible. We get a lot of gleaned produce from Hope's Harvest, which is another program in uh when we Farm talk fresh. about that, we're, we're kind of talking yeah. about rescue produce, aren't exactly. we? Exactly, yep, yep. So, I mean, it's all stuff that would get thrown out or, you know, put into compost and whatnot. So we try to, you know, we're buying a product from the farmers. We're creating a value-added product to sell for our own revenue. We also do co-packing for the said farmers as well. So a lot of that product we can sell back to them and they can sell for a higher cost as well. So wow, it helps so everyone. Fantastic. So if, so if we go to a farm stand, depending on the farm, it may have uh, their their applesauce or their yep. pickles and so forth may well have come from Harvest Kitchen. Yep. Um, wow, how great is that? It's pretty good. I mean, you know, you look at some of the labels. We work at African Alliance of Rhode Island, Martinelli's Farm, uh, Steer Orchard, Wardensbury Farm, Brandon Family Farm. And their logos, if you see, it'll have a Harvest Kitchen. It'll be produced at 2 Bailey Street, Harvest Kitchen. So. Wow, so look Take for that look. this yeah. spring and summer and look yep. for it at the farmer's markets. We'll be there. We're at, uh, what, five markets five this summer? Five markets yeah. this summer. Which ones? Um, Are you in Newport? <laughs> we are not no, in not. Newport. That's okay, I'll let that out. We're on Hope, Hope Street. Street. Yeah. Uh, we're at, in Woonsocket. Um, Armory. Armory, Goddard. And Weaver Library. Weaver Library, yes. And hopefully here at Sims as well in the summer as well. Yes, yep. yeah, that's, uh, this is such a wonderful space. This is the Farm Fresh RI Food Hub, and it's, a, it's just an amazing space. It's so bright and so new and uh, well lit. I was in here when it was completely empty last time I was here and now it is uh, just full of people who are interested in food and uh, interested in hearing stories and tasting and everything else and uh, I love this story though this is uh, really amazing uh, as you say it's a job training program it adds value all the way around it rescues the produce yeah. uh, you know there's no downside no we get to you know work with youth that don't have as many possibilities and as many opportunities and try to give them another perspective and you know a, a paying job while they're with us for the 20 weeks uh, and it's a real job i mean it's it, a job yeah, it doing is, something yeah. real yes and they're, and they're doing something that's useful even if they don't want to cook it's still a valuable skill that they can have and, you know it's cheaper to cook for yourself than go out every night right yeah absolutely Teach them a little bit about nutrition local foods where might this go, Sean? Do you think you could? Uh, uh, do you think you might take on other fresh items? Do you think you could take on meat or seafood or something like that? We can't do meat or seafood unless we get you know some variances from the USDA. But um, ah, that's uh, a yeah. you, you said more than you realize, my friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know but, what um, you're saying. But we are we are expanding. Hopefully, we'll be able to do some more co-packing for farmers and expand our training program a little bit more, and hopefully serve more people in the area. Oh, so good. 
Gosh, congratulations on this. This is uh, amazing, and I'm so, so lucky that uh, I was able to talk with you and get the word out about Harvest Kitchen. Sean Contos, the program director, and Ainsley McStay, who is uh, also with us at the Harvest Kitchen today. So good to talk to you both. Thank you. Thank you. All Thank the you. best. So we are broadcasting today from the Farm Fresh RI Food Hub here at the Hope and Main Buyers Marketplace and getting to talk about some amazing foods and, and treats like toffee. Peter Kelly from Anchor Toffee, how are you doing? I'm doing great today, how are you? Great, it's so good to talk toffee with you. You must have to explain toffee to a lot of people. Yes, you, even though you might think that it was a really common thing, uh, most people do not know what toffee is. Um, or it might be something that uh, grandma made around Christmas time. Yeah. That, that was a big thing we had to sort of uh, fight against because it was people thought it was only available at Christmas time because that's when grandma made it. That makes uh, sense. I didn't think of that. Yeah. And and people were comparing your toffee to other toffees that they had had that grandma didn't make. Yes. Yes. There. The the sad truth of it is that is that there's a lot of really bad toffee out there. And, and we attempt to, to be the opposite of that. Uh, we, we just use butter, sugar, salt, chocolate, and almonds. That's it. That's no, it. No additives, no preservatives. I mean, sugar and salt are the oldest preservatives known to man. Right. And, and that's good enough for me. Uh, other companies use uh, flavorings. They use uh, uh, fillers. They use uh, other fats instead of butter. But we just go with straight up dairy butter, uh, salted, and... Um, when people say, well, I tried toffee once and I didn't like it, I encourage them to try ours because it's distinctly different from any other toffee. It is. It is. Uh, it's smooth. Uh, it's it's crunchy, but it's not a hard candy, but it's not a soft bar or a chew. It has a totally unique texture all its own, doesn't it? It does. Uh, we purposefully, I, I sort of push the toffee to, to its uh, uppermost limit, like smoke point in an oil. I, there's actually a light blue smoke coming off of the sugar when I pour it, and, and that does a couple of things. It, it gives it a very fine grain, so even people with fragile teeth can enjoy it. It doesn't stick to your teeth like other toffees, and it also gives it a slightly savory element, almost like a little like a little smoke or a little fire at right. the so end. So good toffee should not be a dentist's dream. It, sh it, it should sh not. <laughs> yes, we shouldn't have any kind of articulation agreements with dental professionals, no. It, so it shouldn't stick to your teeth, and it also shouldn't break your teeth. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. I this is great advice from, from Peter Kelly from Anchor Toffee. How many toffees are we sampling here today? Uh, we have four. We have the original almond toffee. We have the coffee toffee, which is the original that is nut-free and flavored with coffee. Uh, we have the butter toffee, which is the original with no nuts whatsoever. And we have our coconut almond toffee, where the role that's usually played by butter is played by coconut milk. So it's vegan and dairy-free. Isn't that interesting? Wow. And now, does it come in a bar? Does it come in a, a, we have a crumble? What, how does it come? Well, we have we have a little bit of everything. We have a, uh, we call it our starter kit, which is a two ounce toffee. We have a four ounce, for, which is sort of like the gateway toffee. And then we have the full on six ounce and 18 ounce, which are larger packages of the same toffees. And we offer that, uh, except for the two ounce, we offer that in almost all the flavors. We have two seasonal flavors that are sleeping in the back right now, uh, a peppermint for Christmas and a, uh, 
pumpkin spice toffee, which the only pumpkin in it is the uh, pumpkin seeds instead of the almonds. And it's flavored with pumpkin spices, cinnamon, nutmeg, ginger, and clove, which go in right at the end and give it a really savory element. So it's not like a pumpkin spice latte. It's got almost like a mole feel to it. Sure. It's, it's, you described it as the crunchy version of caramel. Yes, that, that is, that's the sort of the, uh, my fallback position I definition. Like when people are not sure what it is or maybe had a bad toffee in their life. Um, I turn into a toffee evangelist and convince people that they should come to the, to the anchor toffee side. <laughs> well, it makes perfect sense because it is comforting. It has just uh, the ingredients that are wholesome and that are not going to do you any harm. And uh, you do have a, a toffee version of a turtle, though. We do. We do. We have, we have something called we call it a leatherneck. Um, and it is uh, roasted nuts of different flavors, uh, a nice salted vanilla caramel on top, not like the, the craze from five years ago, and then really good guitar bittersweet chocolate, uh, semi-sweet. It's a 55% cacao. Um, we call them Letternecks for two reasons. One, there's a company that has a perfected trademark on the name uh, Turtle, and they yes. like to send their legal team out every now and then to, to uh, after us, uh, small maker like me yeah and plus you're not the first to say to tell me that yeah my my dad and my wife's father were both marines so it's a nickname for a marine nice yes excellent well where is anchor toffee located and how can we get in on this this is uh our our main our flagship store is at uh, number 10 sims the farm fresh Rhode island food hub uh, the corner of Sims and Kinsley in Providence, in the Valley District of Providence. We have a shop at Number 8 Bowens Wharf in Newport, Rhode Island, uh, right next to the Siemens Mission, and at uh, popular uh, stores near you, liquor stores, uh, bookshops, uh, several... Uh, we're in a couple of Dave's Marketplaces. Yes, we're in, we're in about five Dave's Marketplaces, um, East Greenwich and um, Smithfield Crossing for sure. And then, alternately, uh, West Shore Road, uh, Cumberland, and I can't remember the other one right now. And online? And online, yeah. AnchorToffee.com. Excellent. Peter Kelly, Mr. Toffee, Anchor Toffee. Thanks very much. Thank you very Thanks much. for the education. My pleasure. I'm dining out with the food dude, Bruce Newbery. We're broadcasting today from the New England Food Show at the Boston Convention Center, and we're talking to Mark Snyder, who has some wood-fired pizza crust. Hi, Mark. Hey, Bruce, how are you? I am good. This is a great show. So great to be back in person. All right, so the exercise is that I have to pronounce this brand, right? That's correct. Okay. It's a brand of wood-fired pizza crusts and flatbreads. They are delicious. They are from Italy. They are made from premium double-O flour. They are hand-stretched in Italy, and they have, they have the first few letters of Italy in their name. All right, I'm going to say Ital crust. Well, Bruce, you got it right. Oh, excellent. I am the food dude. Well, yeah, the, you know, the, uh, the, the simple way to do it is it's basically the word Italy plus the word cross minus the Y. Gotcha. That's the memory tool that we use. Excellent. Tell me about these flatbreads, these wood-fired pizza crusts. So, as you said, they're made in Italy, and what's unique about them is that they're made the exact same way that pizza would be made in a true pizzeria. The difference is that it's done on a grand scale, number one, and number two is, is that there are no toppings on it. And you may ask, how do you prevent it from getting crispy before it comes to the restaurant? 
Mark, how do I keep it from getting crispy before it comes? <laughs> That's an excellent question, Thank Bruce. You. So the answer is this, is what we do is we actually have a process that we pioneered to top the crust. Instead of topping it with sauce and cheese, we're topping it with extra virgin and sunflower oil. Nice. And what that does is it prevents the crust from crisping. Then we freeze them and the restaurant can put on their toppings and put it in an oven one more time and therefore the edge will crisp but the center will still stay soft. And that's what you want in pizza. And that's exactly what we want. And you are putting out some beautiful flatbreads as well as some traditional pizzas. And what's great is even if my restaurant doesn't have pizza or flatbread on the menu, or you said even I don't even need a pizza oven? No, you can actually use something as simple as a toaster oven. Wow. Yeah, it's a very versatile product. You just need to make sure that it's over 400 degrees. But let's face it, what oven can't do that, right? Exactly. Or, uh, you know, can I use these on a grill? Yes, you can cook them on a grill. The only thing is if you're using cheese, which most pizza or flatbread recipes too, the grill is not going to bubble the cheese and caramelize your topping. Right. So therefore, you're going to want to finish it in an oven. But we do have some restaurants who will grill the crust, and then they'll put a salad on it, or they'll put on barbecue. And my favorite is shrimp scampi. Wow. Yeah, it's really good. The, the, the pairing of the wood-fired crust and the garlic and the shrimp, wow, it'll blow you away. Sounds like it. Man, oh man. All right. So, Mark, tell me about this beauty that you have over here. This is a, a gorgeous flatbread with some prosciutto and some basil. Well, no, it's actually sage. And As I said, sage. Yes. Well, there's a funny story behind it. I don't know if you want me to share it with you. Go ahead. Okay. So, I was in the factory and our corporate chef made a prosciutto pizza and then he walked out the door. And we all wondered, well, where is Willie going? Well, Willie went into the garden and he picked fresh sage and put it on top. And I looked at it not knowing my herbs well, and I said, what is that? And Willie, speaking no English at all, had no idea what question I was asking. Fortunately, we had people in the factory who knew and they said it's sage. And I said, sage on prosciutto sort of sounds disgusting. Well, that's, it, it, I wouldn't say disgusting, but it, it, is, it is lovely in an appearance. It is bright and green and the leaves are so large it makes a beautiful presentation and I would imagine that it brings more of a mellow taste kind of a almost like a Thanksgiving taste to it. Well I think you'd have to try it yourself. Okay. There's a little bit of a different effect that you get because the sage has a little bit of what I'll call a peppery bitterness okay. and the prosciutto of course has a very smooth salty flavor and what happens is that um, that bitterness or that pepperiness, similar to arugula, yes. okay, that effect basically uh, dulls the saltiness of the prosciutto and therefore highlights the flavor of the prosciutto. It's a very interesting effect. Really interesting. I think Willie's onto something. I think he is. No wonder he's the chef. How can we find out more about Italcrust? Well, that's a good question. You simply go to italcrust.com, and if you've forgotten at the beginning, we already talked about how to find us. It's just the word Italy and the word crust minus the Y. So that's www.italcrust, or you could just simply Google us. Fantastic. Wow, this is a great discovery. This is just why we came to the New England Food Show, Mark. Great to talk to you. Great talking to you too, Bruce. Thanks so much. Bruce Newberry.
We are broadcasting today from the New England Food Show at the Boston Convention Center, and one of the demonstrations today, one of the uh, one of the folks who's going to take the stage is Carrie Utterly, who is a James Beard Award winner and an author, and is here with us today. Carrie, nice to see you. Welcome to Boston. Well, thank you. It's so great to be here in Boston. We're looking forward to it. Well, it's so great to see everybody back. Right? I, it's such a renewing experience. After the last two years, I feel like I'm waking up from a dream. And wow, what a great dream it is to see all these folks out here. It's fantastic. You have some fans. Someone just came by and said that uh, they had been to one of your demos. <laughs> yes, I've, I've been fortunate. I've done a lot of work in the beef industry with, and cat, with cow producers, um, helping add value to the, the, the beef carcasses. And so I've been out and shared my my skills with with quite a few folks and um, so yeah they're my uh, my meat posse I guess <laughs> I like that I like that I need a meat posse right so you must you must feel like you have so much more to share though I do um, I have an online vocational trade school we are approved in the state of Illinois to operate which is excellent and we are going to be opening up a brick-and-mortar trade school so we're, we're we're working on getting that settled down so we're hoping to put all that into to one space to teach to teach how to process and how to break down beef yes and yes how to break it down how to sell it how to merchandise it and most importantly how to be a business owner um, not not only just the skill part which is extremely important but then taking it to another level so that folks can um, start businesses in local communities where we can start keeping these ag dollars a little more local instead of um, you know pushing them out of our of our counties i guess you could say well that's it when you when the beef just comes in already pre-packed and wrapped and everything you miss out on so much don't you you do and that's one of the things that we're going to show today is um we're going to do three chuck rolls in 30 minutes i mean i'm going to do three chuck rolls in 30 minutes so um i'm a little excited slash anxious about that but you know here the chefs today you know they're struggling with getting the products in when they want it if if you're a uh, if you're a restaurant that brings in 12 ounce dry aged ribeye steaks they might show up and they might not and so what are these chefs going to pull out of their coolers to help fill in the the gaps there so we're going to show them um, how to do three chuck rolls all around um, grillable cuts and so we're going to show them how to smoke uh, uh, the serratus ventralis um, which is uh, the popular cut that we made in the Denver and yeah. all, all kinds of things. So, so if uh, if our if our steaks haven't shown up, what can we substitute and use the knowledge that we might get from you? Yes, that's what we're going to show. So we're going to teach them how to take a chuck roll, make steaks out of it. They can also make um, short ribs or country style ribs for that. We're going to show them how to um, use part of that for an oven roast, which people really don't think that about right. a chuck roast. It's usually like braise, braise, braise. And um, yeah, and then we're going to show a couple Calby style, and we're going to take the serratus slash Denver cut and cut a little differently uh, to really highlight that beautiful marbling that I think restaurateurs and folks that go to the establishment are really going to like to see that well-marbled presentation. You mentioned Kobe style, and that's one thing I think that's come out of the last two years as we're emerging, is, is we're going straight to the high end. And people think that they may be under the mistaken impression you have to go right to the high end to get the particular marbling, to get that flavor that you're talking about. Tell us about how you can really get us there in another direction using domestic and local beef. 
Yes, domestic and local beef um, is definitely there. We're really just looking for marbling. So if you're not buying in, you know, different types of cattle, we're really just focusing on marbling, marbling, marbling. And the serratus ventralis, I've mentioned that muscle before, is the really one we're after. It's the fourth, fourth most tender muscle in the beef animal. And so, like, again, we always just braise it. And so right. now we're going to bring it out and, and get it back on the, 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 the plate. Are you going to carve a thick steak? We will, yes. I'm going to do some... How thick? I'm going to do some chuck eyes about one and a half inches to two inches wow. thick. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to continue to cut that, uh, tie it, the whole chuck eye, and that's excellent for oven roasting, which oh, yeah. is a big surprise. I mean, that's going to compete with our prime rib, isn't it? Um, it can. It can. I mean, it's not a prime rib. No, it's but, not. But it's an alternative. You right, know, it's, right. it's a... It's a lesser alternative, and it's readily available. You know, as we're finding, you know, a lot of um, supply chain issues. Right. Um, the chucks are are there for the taking, so we're going to maximize the low-hanging fruit. What What would you suggest that a restaurateur or a chef refer to that? Call that on the menu. What do you call that? They can call it a Delmonico. Um, sometimes folks call the ribeye a Delmonico, and the reason why that name is shared is because they're right together on the on the break. So one side fits the other okay. and so that's but what I mean it called. eats so tender it is just so tender to the bite it's comparable to the ribeye steak yeah so it's split between the fifth and sixth rib and so you can even move the rib and get more on the ribeye so it's it's the cousin of the ribeye oh so good so good and it can be served simply you don't need a lot of sauces or I mean you can certainly do rubs or things but it's of not course. necessary yeah of course you can do whatever you want to put your of course put, put your, you can put Montreal seasoning on it you if can, you want yeah, <laughs> yeah. but, but it, it is just fantastic the way that it comes full of flavor it's it's loaded with flavor um, like I said it's it, since it's next to the ribeye it has all that ribeye yum yum that everybody likes sure. and so those muscles continue on into the truck they're just not as large as they are in the ribeye and they're gonna um, go through but they're such that's the, the thing about the chuck roll is it's loaded with flavor and when we braise it we're just kind of lowering the flavor right all that we're doing is just kind of soaking it and hoping right. that it kind of comes out well. throwing a little wine in there and see if it right. comes so out for the right? best. so how do you come by all this knowledge Oh my goodness. So um, I like to say I was born in the meat business. Um, my, both of my grandmothers were butchers. My dad was a butcher. My grandfather was a butcher. And so um, I learned to trade at an early age. Where was this? Uh, in in Lydic, Indiana. It's a little town uh, uh, west of South Bend, home of the Fighting Irish. Yeah. Those of you that don't know. <laughs> and we had a small butcher shop. And we saw how fun it was, how exciting it was to be a pillar of the community and have that area where people would get ice cream and a nice steak. But you know, those small shops are hard to maintain. Yes. And uh, so then um, the shop closed, but the skills were still there. And then I went on to work at a local uh, groceries chain in South Bend. But it's really just, I don't know. I've worked really hard. I've been prepared. Yeah. Um, I'm a journeyman meat cutter. I'm a master butcher. And the reason why I say that is so many people like to use that term. But I know the science. <laughs> I know the cutting. I know the merchandising. I know the business. And that's why my company is called Range. Home on the range, wide range, like cooking, and just a wide range of skills. Well, there so you go. That's all part of uh, the school. 
Now, I know your your presentation today is going to be pointed at chefs and restaurateurs and people in the business because this is a trade uh, show. W what do you have to say to the home cook when we're out shopping at those butcher shops, which we can still find, or if we're lucky enough to have a service meat counter? Right. This is awesome because you can, I will teach them how to find and purchase the perfect chuck roast in the counter to do these to do this technique so they're going to look for that big long i keep calling it the serratus but you know there's a one main muscle and a in a chuck roast that's solid and that's going to be their little steel i guess a secret I'm, I'm giving them the butcher's secret on how to find that um at the meat counter so it's, it's exactly something that what might we ask for center cut chuck roast fantastic not a shoulder a chuck roast all right mm -hmm. now that is some great advice and boy are we going to get rewarded for that that is fantastic yes thank you it's, well good uh, luck today carrie utterly uh, from the range meat academy and here with the uh, beef board and the beef council yeah, yeah we're just looking at all the wonderful beef photos and, and talking about all these people are coming out learning about beef. It's, oh, you get a, a graduate education on beef here. You do, you with, do. With the people from beef, it's what's for dinner. Gary, yeah. good to talk to you. Thank Thanks you so much, much for your all time. All right, be well. Here in the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro, so good to see everybody at the New England Food Show as well as the Hope and Maine Rhode Island Fresh Food Hub Marketplace. <laughs> A lot, a lot of info to get in there. It's the show, you know, just the show. It's the show. And so great to see everybody in person and just to see so much excitement and activity and just vibrancy in this restaurant community here in one of my home bases in Rhode Island. Let me wrap up this week with... A uh, visit that we had while waiting to go into the New England Food Show at the Boston Convention Center ran into a contingent from the Nordic. Now, you know it better as the Nordic Lodge, that destination in Charlestown, Rhode Island, in the woods. And uh, this is a dining palace and all-you-can-eat place. Buffet, yes, coming back full-on in April. And... Uh, it was just a pleasure to speak with Steve Person, his boys, and there was a whole posse of them there getting ready to uh, turn it out, find out what's new, and to present it to you in the inimitable style of the Nordic Lodge. So I had a chance to ask him, after all these years, what would you say is the secret of the Nordic, as it's known today? Yeah, it's in demand. It's a destination. So we actually have customers every single day that fly in from around the country. Is that right? It's amazing. They're foodies, and they're, they're looking for unique dining experiences. And there is no other buffet in this, in this country and probably any other that has all that we have, you know, at an all-you-can-eat, one-price venue. How many items are there? There's well over 100. Wow. Wow, 100 items. Now, have you had anyone that you know of that's actually sampled them all in one trip? No, no, that would, <laughs> that would be impossible. Well, there used to be a place, there used to be quite a few of, of this type of dining excursion experiences, but uh, there was one in particular that people would come to and it was, it became, it was almost like a, like a competitive eating thing before they were, uh, they were fashionable. Yes, that was Custy's. That's the one. They, they went out 43 years ago. No way. We, we picked up where they left off 42 years ago, but 
we are still the only one that has all the crab and all the lobsters you can eat, as well as all the other stuff. Do you still have people who come in and they say, I'm going to break the record? No, we really don't so much. We've got an, an, we have actually more women than we do men. We have a slightly older crowd now than what it used to be. And it isn't about, uh, you know, how much you can eat, but it's the experience and the being able to try a lot of different high-end foods, enjoying the grounds, which are vast. And, it's a beautiful uh, spot. Yeah, it's, it, it is. It's a really neat venue. You know, people leave with good memories. It isn't just a restaurant plunked in the middle of an asphalt parking lot. There's so right. much more. You know, you mentioned foodies, Steve, and we know so much more about food today than we did certainly 43 years ago, but even even 10 or 20 years ago. Are people more conscious of the source, where your lobsters are from? Do, you, do they ask questions like that of you? And what do you tell them? Yes, to some degree. We only use reputable vendors and the, the highest quality. And that goes from your butter is double A grade to your lobsters that are hard shell to your your shrimp that are, you know, uh, harvested in a sustainable way. Um, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, just for those who don't know, where are you located? Charlestown, Rhode Island. Yeah. Give us a GPS address. TheNordic.com. TheNordic.com. Excellent. All right. Gentlemen, good to see you. Enjoy the show. Good to see you as well. Good to see you. And always great to dine out with you. Thank you for dining out with me in the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro, your food dude, Bruce Newberry. And what do we say and believe? Don't forget to try the house dressing. Bruce Newberry. The food dude. 